Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is John 1335. I am your host, Sandra Flack, just back from a week in Atlanta for the Christian Alliance for Orphans annual summit. Such a great time connecting with other adoptive and foster parents and ministry leaders. I also got to lead an intro to FASD workshop there, and I am thrilled that now I can bring that workshop to you. If you would like to take a virtual intro to FASD workshop, um, it's a 90-minute workshop. We're offering it online, uh, and it's going to be Thursday, October 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, when you register, we'll send you the Zoom link so that you can join the call. Um, registration is $15. Uh, so to register or for more information about this or any of our other trainings, just go to our website, justicefororphansny.org backslash or forward slash, whatever that slash is, events. Uh, So it's on the events tab. That's where you can register. So be sure to check out also our bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown. They have been extremely popular with our listening audience. Um, So if you've been listening to those, um, you know what I'm talking about. Dr. Brown specializes in trauma, FASD, autism, and so much more. And we're recording a series of episodes with Dr. Brown focusing on topics of particular interest to us adoptive and foster parents, even kinship caregivers, such as prenatal trauma, complex trauma, FASD, the impacts of screen time, executive dysfunction, which if, which, gosh, if you if your child has been prenatally exposed, you are experiencing a whole lot of that because they, um, you know, that's the boss of the brain, executive function, and that gets severely impacted by prenatal exposure. Um, but we also did an episode on inappropriate sexual behavior. So if you are caring for teenagers, that is a huge one that you're not going to want to miss. And so many more topics. Um, I think we've done, I don't know, 10 or more so far. So you're going to want to check those out. Regular episodes, like the one you're listening to now of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, drop into your inbox on Mondays. These special uh, episodes with Dr. Brown drop on Fridays, and they are labeled as bonus episodes. So make sure you're looking for them. You won't want to. Uh, you won't want to miss them. Now, also be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review if you are listening from an Apple device. Um, so you can you can leave a review on an Apple device, I understand it that way, um, but you can subscribe on any of the devices that you're using, um, any of the platforms that you're listening to us from, um, because when you do that, it helps other adoptive foster and kinship caregivers 
um, be able to find this show because it pops up when they're searching for a podcast about adoption or foster care. Um, so we want them to be able to easily find it. And that way they can be encouraged and equipped too. So before we get to today's guest, stay tuned for an important announcement. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. Yeah, and now to our guest. Cecil Stokes is an award-winning writer, producer, and director of more than 500 commercials, films, and TV shows. He has won every award in the television industry, including an Emmy. Cecil has recently written a children's book entitled, I Love You to the Sun and Beyond. After adopting his amazing son, Boone, who I've personally had the um, honor of meeting, uh, he adopted Boone from foster care. Cecil became a single dad and both his life and career changed. He now works for the Global Orphan Project and leads their care portal ministry, sounds familiar, in Houston, Texas. Please welcome returning guest Cecil Stokes. Hey, Cecil. Sandra, how are you? I am great. Uh, it's great to have you back on the show. I know you were on a number of years ago when we were on the radio. Uh, and gosh, that was, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, maybe five, six, it's, not sure. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm excited to catch up. We got to see each other uh, last week in Atlanta, which was pretty, pretty cool. We were both at the Care Portal Leadership Intensive and at CAFO. Um, how are you and Boone? Are you all rested up from that adventure? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up driving and it's about a 16 hour drive from Texas. Wow. And then we went to visit family in the area afterwards and visited 33 family members in three days. Wow. So I think we need to sleep for about a week, but we're happy. Yes. Yes. Well, you come home full from CAFO um, regardless, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a marathon week. Uh, and, and I too feel the same way, still trying to, trying to recuperate, but it was so, so good. Um, and so it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, but for our, our listeners who might not know you or your story, let's bring them up to speed. Um, what led you to become a foster parent? You know, I remember at a very young age, even middle school or high school, just not feeling the need to have a biological child. And just being aware that there were children who needed to be adopted. Uh, so I, I think that was in me from a very young age. I think God just planted it there knowing what my future would be. And 
when I was in my 30s and dating uh, a woman very seriously and thought we would get married, we she had the same desire. We both really wanted to uh, have five or six, you know, foster children and adopt as many as we could. And that we just that was the way we wanted to create our family. And when we broke up, I realized that that desire was still burning very, very deep for me. And I began to pray and ask God if I could foster or adopt on my own. And for the first two years, I heard no. And then I began, I can, I continue to pray the prayer. And one Saturday night I heard yes. And I just dropped to my face. And I remember just tears in the carpet being so excited that God had finally said yes. And I also wanted to make sure I heard him correctly. So I, I, I uh, asked him for a burning bush. I told him I knew I didn't deserve one, but I just prayed for a burning bush to let me know it really was time and I was hearing him correctly. And sure enough, for the next four weeks, I, I felt like I received a burning bush every week uh, to allow me to begin fostering and ultimately lead to adopting. Yes, love that. I love that story. I remember you sharing that with me the last time that you were on the show. And um, and of course, fostering did lead to adoption and you adopted your son, Boone. So tell us a little bit about that. How old was he when he first came to you as a child in foster care? And when did you adopt? Well, you know, I t- spoke with my caseworker and, you know, since there are over 100,000 children in America whose birth parents rights have already been terminated, I told her, you know, I said, I really want one of these kids that the birth rights are already terminated and they are you know, they're, they're available for adoption. And just, you know, to God, I said, you know, whoever walks in my door, I'm going to consider my child. I'm going to commit to them and they, they'll be mine. And uh, I received my license around July 22nd. And then I got a call about uh, Boone. It was actually an email around the 1st of August, you know, just not even two weeks later. And just felt that just a jump in my heart that he was supposed to be mine. There were no pictures attached and there was a, a, you know, a rap sheet (laughs) longer than my arm. You know, he had been in 10 other foster placements and there were a lot of behavioral issues. And I just still didn't scare me at all. I just heard God say that he was mine. And it was really beautiful. He was in a situation that he needed to be placed quickly. So there was no transition of getting to meet one another. Uh, literally, he just, his, his caseworker and my caseworker joined us at our ha- my house at that time. And it was great because um, I saw this little boy who was eight years old and very small, you know, running up my front doorsteps. And I threw open the door. Uh, and he walked in and then we just froze and we're just staring at each other, his little, my stomach to his face. <laughs> and, uh, even though I'd rehearsed it so many times, we, I didn't know what to do. And he had been through it so many times. I can't imagine all the thoughts going through his mind and his social worker said a great thing. She said, you know what? You two have something in common. You're both really great huggers. And I got down on my knees and looked him in the eyes and I said, you know, can I give you a hug? And he said, yes. Mm. And I picked him up and swung him around. I had never done that before to anybody. Swung him around the room so hard that I cracked his back (laughs) and set him back down. And he laughed and he was like, wow, you win. (laughs) Uh, And at the time, I didn't know he's very competitive. (laughs) So the fact that I won right off the bat was a big deal. But literally, Within 15 minutes, the caseworkers left. And I know the transition is usually not that quick, but I mean, we were a match 
from that minute he walked in the door. And even that night, we had another child that I was fostering uh, just for respite. And we went to pick him up at the YMCA that night. And I remember, you know, Boone calling me dad, I think just out of what he had been trained to do over the years. And I just especially remember in my heart when that dad turned into daddy about three weeks later, and I knew there had been a change in his heart. Mm. Oh, I love that story. Um, but like you said, he had a rap sheet coming in. He'd been in multiple mm-hmm. placements. So <laughs> we know, you know, we can call him a kid from a hard place, um, you know, which definitely eventually after that honeymoon period begins to surface, right? So what was the adjustment like after those initial first few weeks, you know, that um, he lived with you? You know, it was still, it was blissful. I mean, it truly was. We, you know, we connected very quickly. Um, He said he had been praying for a dad. I had certainly been praying for him since I was about 12 years old. And it was really wonderful. Um, We enjoyed a lot of the same things, the same type of movies, you know, cars, uh, you know, just things that, you know, boys like. I had him at the batting range on day one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like we just enjoyed the same things. And I really thought we didn't have a honeymoon phase, but then I was able to file for adoption after six months of fostering. And about seven weeks later, uh, we received the, you know, the decree that it was legal and that he was officially my son. And we planned an adoption party for him a couple of weeks after that. So he had arrived in August. We planned this party in April and everything had really just been, just blissful, just perfection. And literally the day after the adoption party, things changed. That was the, that was when he began to test me because he had never gotten that far before. And I think there's just a part of them very subconsciously wanting to know, do we really love them through anything beyond anything unconditionally? And so the testing really began after his adoption party. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, I can see see that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I know my kids came, um, four of my kids came internationally and the two oldest were seven and nine when they came and they'd been in the United States two summers in a row on a hosting program before they came to us. Mm -hmm. We didn't know this until like we're in Ukraine in the the adoption process. And um, so when they first came home, I started to wonder, you know, what are they going to do after, you know, the three months when they realize they're not just going back like they did the first two times when they came. They didn't stay with us for hosting. They were in a completely different state, different family. But I wondered, are they, you know, are they expecting to just go back after like the typical hosting time? But um, we really, it didn't, it didn't seem like they were keeping track of that. But it made me wonder because at some point, you know, they begin to to test those waters because they get comfortable and they do wonder if they really are, you know, if, if we're serious and we really love them that mm-hmm. unconditionally. So how old is Boone now and how is he doing? Boone will be 16 in a month. Oh, fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When things pop up. In a split second, I have to decide, is this teenager or trauma? Yes. Uh, and just decide very, very quickly which way I need to parent. Um, and he, he's doing exceptional. He is, he is a ridiculously hard worker. He has, you know, like right now, for example, he's in a CrossFit class. Like he really pushes himself to try to be the best that he can. But 
you know, because of things that happened prior to his birth and in his birth family, you know, he does have uh, four different learning disabilities and, you know, things that he does have to be a hard worker. He has to push himself, but he does. And then that above all impresses me more than anything else about him is that he just, he's working so hard for his future and for a child that went through the type of abuses and things that he went through, I'm blown away at his capacity to love and his kindness for other people. Uh, never in my life. I mean, I was 42 years old when he arrived. Never in my life have I been loved the way he loves. I mean, it is, it is just full on with no abandon. And it truly the way it has changed my life the most. I love being a parent more than anything in the world. I believe I was created to be a parent and I believe I was created to be his parent, but the way it has changed my life the most is for 42 years, I knew God loved me, but once Boone arrived, I fully understood how I was loved by my heavenly father, because I had that love for a child. And even though I need to discipline, and even though I know there are different seasons I know there's nothing in the world that will separate us, nothing that would ever change the love that I have for him. And God's love for me is millions of times more pure than what I have for my son. And so for the last almost seven years, I, I've for the first time ex known fully how much God loves me and it's changed my relationship with God and my acceptance of his grace and his mercy and his compassion and his love. Because I had I had not known that side of him until I became a father. Yeah, and and that is incredible because I experienced something similar. I write about this in my book, um, just how how I came to really understand the, how God loves me and and my and understand my adoption into God's family through the lens of being an adoptive parent. It, it's mm -hmm. really that visual, you know, object lesson. We're living it. Um, and it just it, it takes you to a whole nother level in your relationship with God when you begin to understand what, you know, how he sees us because we see our kids, you know, through similar eyes. So um, I love that because I experienced that as as well. Um, so switch gears a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I know I know the last time we talked, you were living, I believe, in North Carolina. Is that right? And then you moved to that Texas. Yeah. So a few, did. a few years ago, you moved to Texas for your new job with the Go Project because you are part of uh, the Care Portal team um, there in Texas, as I am here in New York. So what has that experience been like so far? It's been a massive transition. You know, one of the things about adopt well, parenting in general, but I think certainly from fostering and adopting is you really need community and it truly does take a village and you need a lot of support around you. So we moved during the pandemic mm. uh, to an area where we only knew one person uh, to the fourth largest city in the country. And it has been quite a struggle for us to start rebuilding community um, and to find the right home church you know, to find the right friends, you know, Boone had five grandmothers in, in Charlotte. There were so many women doting on him. We just had so much. And so it's, it's been a transition. And I think that would be a, a prayer request I would ask of the listeners is just pray for us to be able to build community and, and enlarge our family here. Yeah, that is key. That is certainly key. And I know our kids who've come through trauma and, you know, some prenatal stuff, transitions are really, really hard. 
Um, and then with the pandemic on top of that, which is further isolating, I can see where that would have been, you know, that was, and I'm sure it still is, definitely challenging at times. Um, uh, what about Care Portal? How are you, you know, what do you think about Care Portal? Because I know we're pretty passionate about that here in New York. <laughs> I, I mean, I tell everybody I talk to, I will do this until I can do nothing any longer. Uh, it is so amazing to get to wake up every morning and know that children and vulnerable families are being helped. And this, the Care Portal team, every single person across the country that I have met, I would happily just lock arms with them and then become my best friend. And we have an amazing team here in Houston and a great team here in Texas. Uh, I love our leadership. Um, it is it is truly, you know, it's my second career and I'm blown away that it is so fulfilling and so wonderful. And again, I'm just reminded, you know, God knitted me together in my mother's womb for this purpose. And I'm, I'm so I'm so thankful and so grateful and love being able to model this type of life for my son. Yeah, because it is definitely it's, it's an it is incredible to 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 experience and to be part of. And for our listeners who might not know, Care Portal is it's a it's an online platform that connects child welfare agencies with churches and community members to really wrap around circles of care around kids in crisis. So a lot of the work is prevention related. We're keeping kids out of foster care, um, helping with kinship placements and helping foster families and just really uh, preserving the well-being of a child, right? Improving the well-being of a child. Um, so many great things. And I know when we implemented here in upstate New York in 2018, uh, starting in one county, we're now working in four counties. And we've already, um, we've reached 2,700 children served. Um, and most of those were prevention, just stabilizing families mm-hmm. and preventing kids from entering foster care. And um, it's been incredible. I know the numbers in Texas are way bigger because, hey, let's face it, Texas is a bit bigger <laughs> than New York. But it is such a phenomenal ministry, really is transforming the foster care system. Um, it's in 28 or 29 states nationwide. Texas and New York, we mentioned, um, and parts of Canada. So um, for any of our listeners who might be interested, whatever, wherever you're listening, because we have folks listening from all over the country, um, you know, you can check out to see if your state has Care Portal, um, if it's in your area, because we definitely always are looking to connect churches to this ministry. Churches, basically churches use Care Portal for their outreach ministry. Um, and it's 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 incredible um, the impact that it has. So super excited about Care Portal and, and thrilled to be able to be in that on that team with you, Cecil. Um, now, but I really want to get to your book, right? Because that's what inspired me to reach out to you again. Because I have a copy of your book, love it. Um, the title of the book is "I Love You to the Sun and Beyond." It's beautifully illustrated, and you co-authored it with the amazing. Uh, Michelle Medlock Adams, who I've had the privilege to meet at a writer's conference recently. Um, She's written more than 100 books and she's won like countless awards. I think her books win awards before they're even released because she's that amazing. (laughs) Um, But this is a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, It's a children's book. So Cecil, what inspired you to write this book? Um, I've not been able to tell this story very succinctly. So you're going to have to give me a minute on this (laughs) because things came from so many different areas. 
uh, even before I was a dad, I have three godchildren and they're now all three in their twenties, but I became their godparent at six weeks old for the first one. So, and their family allowed me just to be a great third parent to them. And I was in charge of all school projects and Christmas gifts. And I babysat once or twice a week and just, you know, started a game with them that I think almost every parent plays. If you know, like, I love you. Oh, I love you more. And then mm-hmm. for me, it's always, I love you more than chocolate and peanut butter. Cause that's kind of the echelon for oh, me. Oh yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and so when Boone arrived, you know, Gosh, that little boy, I mean, he, his, his love tank was on empty. And so I had to really increase the amount of encouragement and hugs and love that I poured into him. And so we would just play that game almost daily of, I love you. I love you more. And then we would name all the things that we loved each other more than, uh, and sometimes I would just see his eyes light up at, you know, wow, you love me more than that. Um, And Michelle and I have been great friends for over a decade and have attended several writing conferences together and always said we wanted to work on a project together. And finally, after Boone had been with me for a couple of years, uh, she was Aunt Michelle on the telephone, but she decided she wanted to come down from Indiana and spend a few days with us. And we would we, we had the goal of, you know, let's you know, let's let you and Boone meet, but let's also see if we can come up with an idea for a book. And so as we were sitting around the dining room table on that first day, we were just both talking about some ideas that we had been thinking about. And I I pitched the I Love You More book. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I do that with my girls. And now she does it with her grandchildren. And we just immediately thought this would be an amazing book to really reinforce with your child how much they are loved by comparing it to the most amazing things in the world. And I I know, I'm pretty sure I know what your next question is. One of the things I love most about the book is the kids get to learn about, you know, the Taj Mahal or the tallest mountain or the, you know, the Mariana Trench or, you know, jewels in India, uh, the Amazon, you know, pythons, uh, Rosa Parks. You know, we compare it to so many amazing things throughout the world. But the way we actually came up with the book was... Michelle said, there's this new thing happening where authors are putting in the back of the book, what's called authors call it back matter. And normally a publisher will call it facts and figures. So, you know, I think there are, you know, over 24 different comparisons in our book to things that we love you more than like, you know, I love you longer than the Amazon. And that is really long. I love you tighter than a Python's hug you know, boy, he's really strong or something like that. And so in the back of the book, there's three pages that takes everything we mentioned in the book and gives parents a paragraph on it. So that if their kid is super interested in like the largest dinosaur or the fastest shark, they then have educational information in the back of the book to not have to run to their phones or break that moment of cuddling with their child and just flip to the back of the book and be able to teach them at the same time. Yeah, I love that because the story itself is precious. There's some, you know, r- rhyming. It's easy to read. Beautiful illustrations. 
Um, but that the, there's, there's two features actually that I wanted to talk about because that, and that is one of them, that educational component, um, because you bring in things like, um, you mentioned the Taj Mahal, the Amazon, um, the Blue Whale, Rosa Parks, King Solomon. You've got all these amazing historical either figures or locations or things. Um, they're mentioned in the story. And then in the back of the book, there's, there's another little picture of, you know, say the, the Blue Whale. And then there's a fact, some facts about it. So it's educational at the same time as it's an enjoyable, you know, bedtime story read. So I love that. And, and, you know, so that was intentional. Was that, was that, how did you guys come up with the decision to like, we want to include that in our book? Well, you know, we had several ideas of books we wanted to co-write together from that first brainstorming session. And Michelle said, let's choose the first book so that it can have back matter, so it can have facts and figures. So then we looked at our list a second time of, wow, which of these books can we include educational details? And I Love You to the Sun and Beyond is the one that, you know, kind of checked all the boxes. So we really chose this theme from our list of different themes because we wanted it to be so educational. Yeah, and I love that. That is That was such a nice touch. So I know parents will appreciate that as well. Another thing that I really loved, I noticed this right away as I was turning the pages, you know, mm. there was an African-American family. There was um, an Asian family, um, a, an Indian family, uh, a Middle Eastern looking family. So um, I feel like foster families and those of us who've adopted internationally, um, they can identify like kids who, you know, are not just Caucasian. Um, they can, no matter where in the world they're from, they can identify with a family in the book. So was that intentional? I'm assuming it was. It was. And thankfully we were, the illustrations truly, I mean, look this book up, you know, on online so you can see some of the photos. It is one of the most colorful books I yeah. have ever seen. And the pages are really high quality. Like, you know, authors don't get to control those things. So right. we are really blessed with our publisher and our, our illustrator. He is a professor at Taylor university uh, up in indiana and he has just opened up his heart and let us speak into what every page should look like and for me you know i come from a background of doing television so i do a lot of casting and so i know when i'm casting a show it's very important to have diversity because we we want to be a proponent of families not all looking the same and communities not all looking the same. Right. So he really allowed us to specifically tell him with each one, hey, at the Great Barrier Reef, you know, let's have a Latino family of five. And, you know, we want to make sure they have really dark hair and darker skin. And then let's have some mothers and daughters and some mothers and sons and some fathers and sons to show different sizes of families. And so he just allowed us on every single page to work with him about what the family should look like. And then he took our, you know, our ideas and just, just blew them up. I mean, the, the illustrations are honestly better even than the writing in the book. I mean, he really, he really took it to an amazing level. Yeah. It's beautiful. And even the cover photo um, a father and son in the balloon because I know in a hot air balloon basket, because I know you and Boone, I'm like, oh, that that's Cecil and Boone. <laughs> it is. And if you want to see Michelle, you can go to the page uh, where they're in the museum and we talk about how smart Nikola Tesla was and how brave Rosa Parks was. And it's funny, Michelle and her husband and her two daughters when they were little are the images in that book. Oh. But what's so funny about it is when Michelle 
presents the book to people, she says, this is supposed to be our family. But if you know me, it's not because you would never catch me dead in flats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I'm going to have to turn the page and go look at that page and see if I can see. But it looks just like them. I mean, it looks just like them. That's incredible. So, And I love it. I love that feature of it. So the educational component the beautiful illustrations, the the diversity of families presented in there. I mean, this is really an ideal book for adoptive and foster families, especially, uh, but any family, because it's, it's just beautiful. You know, Sandra, one of my favorite moments, you know, I got some author copies from our, from our publisher and I just posted on my uh, neighborhood app, you know, Hey, I wrote this book. It just came out. If anybody in the neighborhood wants one, I'm happy to sell you one and I will inscribe it to your child. And uh, a woman, several, several people took me up on the offer, but one woman, you know, had me write it to her son and daughter. And I wrote this little inscription and signed my name. And when she showed up at the front door to pick it up, you know, she was wearing like a, like a, a sorry, you know, she was completely dressed in, you know, what you wear in India. And I just remember when I closed that door, you could not stop me from smiling. <laughs> I was just beaming because I knew when she did not expect to go home and open that book and see a family that looked just like hers. Yeah. And it just yeah. made me so happy to know that it really, truly, almost every family can find themselves in this book. Yeah. And I love that. I think that is such a great feature. So the book is I Love You to the Sun and Beyond. A great resource, again, for adoptive and foster families makes a great gift for the holidays, which are right around the corner, believe it or not. Um, So, Cecil, where can our listeners grab a copy of your book? You know, it's mostly online. Uh, it's only, it only came out two months ago. So, you know, it's on Barnes and Noble and Walmart and Target.com. Um, I generally send people to Amazon, you know, if they have uh, Amazon because it can just get to you so quickly, you know, for free shipping with Amazon. So I, I usually push a lot of people towards Amazon, uh, but it's really available just about anywhere that books are sold. So wonderful. So we'll encourage our listeners to make sure that they get a copy, um, grab a copy for the holidays, for a gift. If you know an adoptive or foster family or are one, definitely something that you want to have in your family library. Um, now, any plans to write again? Because this is a fabulous first book, right? Thank you. You know, Michelle and I have so much fun writing together and we're, uh, you know, I, this is my first children's book. So I didn't know we were a great team until she said, Hey, I've written over a hundred books and had, you know, a dozen co-authors. We work really well together. And so we have made it a goal to try to write more books together. And we've already actually sold two more books And they're both great stories. One of them is actually the sequel to this book. Uh, When we sat down with those ideas, we wanted to do a a Christian version. We wanted it to be all Bible stories. And we were going to call it, I love you to the sun, S-O-N and beyond. Oh, yeah. And so we sat down with that Christian book, but it didn't sell first. The, The, this general market one sold first. But we told them, we said, you know, we have a Christian version already done if you're ever interested. And sure enough, after the illustrations began coming in, before the book was even released, they wrote and said, can we see the Christian version? So we sent them the Christian version. And literally within three days, they said, we've got to have this one, too. And they did ask us to change the name because they would be too similar and too confusing. So we call the next one. I love you from here to heaven above. Mm. And 
It's the same thing as I love you more than it even actually even has the same first page of the parent child, you know, in that competition. But all the stories are from the Bible. It's about, you know, Esther exposing Haman's lies. And of course, there's a really funny one about Jonah. And inside the belly of a whale, there's this little um, there's this homemade sign that says Nineveh or bust. Uh, you know, so there's there's humor in it and there's education in it. But every single story is from the Bible. And it also has that back matter, those facts and figures in the back so that you can teach your child more about the Red Sea, you know, or the different elements that we talk about. Noah's Ark, the Garden of Eden, of course. But the amazing thing about this book is, you know, it's I love you more. I love you more. Parent, child, back and forth. But then we have to conclude this book with guess who loves us more than we even love each other. And we get to talk about, you know, the streets of gold and how God loves us more than we even love each other. And it just it's a really beautiful book to introduce your child to the love of God. And so we're so excited for that book. It's coming out in October of 2023. So it's about a year away. And then the other book I am especially attached to because it's actually the first book I wrote, but the third one to sell. And it's called You Are My Dream Come True. And it's a father-son book. And there's not a lot of father-son books out there. And uh, this book when Boone first arrived, like I said, I tried to just fill his head with as much love and positivity and encouragement as I could. And every night when he went to bed, we say three things we're thankful for that day. We say our prayers, then I take him into bed and I'll often sing a song to him. And every single night there in the beginning, I would kiss his forehead as a last moment before I left. And I would say, you're my sunshine or you're my world or you're my treasure and one night I said, you are my dream come true. And his big blue eyes popped back open and he said, you're my daddy come true. Aww. Uh, it's just, it just, oh, it's, it's amazing because he had been praying for a daddy like I had been dreaming for him. Mm. And so this is a, it's a really beautiful book that is all these things that we do together on our day-to-day lives. And every stanza, of course, ends with you're my dream come true. And then the last page, of course, we're praying by his bedside and he, he finishes it with you're my daddy come true. And so that one we're just excited about because it is our family. The, the illustrations look like us and uh, there just aren't a lot of, there's not a lot of opportunities for dads to get to love on their kids publicly. Mm -hmm. And this is just a chance for a dad to get to snuggle up with their kid and just let them know how adored they are. Mm. And when will that one release? That one actually comes out in September of next year. Um, And so they, they actually come out back to back September and October of next year. Wow. Well, that is incredible. I love it. I'll be looking forward to those um, just love the resource, love children's books. And these are people, are you going to have the same illustrator for all of them? We have the same illustrator for our, I love you from here to heaven above, uh, because it's the same publisher and this book would not be what it is without Jonathan. So we absolutely have him for the sequel to this book. But, um, I, I love that book. Love you forever. I love the, the watercolor imagery. So we worked really hard to try to find a, a watercolor artist for the, you are my dream come true. And we searched for months and went through every agency there was. And I kept crying out to God and saying, this is the book you put in my heart first. This is the book that tells our family story. Why am I not happy with any of these artists? And I finally had a deadline on Friday at five o'clock to send in three of my top choices for a watercolor artist. And I sent them in, but I included a note saying, 
none of these are exactly what I was envisioning, but I know it's my deadline and I'm happy with these. And it was Labor Day weekend. And the publisher wrote back Friday night of Labor Day weekend saying, spend the weekend and see if you can find someone that we are not even aware of. And I literally just went to the Internet and did a search for children's book author watercolor. And this woman popped up named Penny Weber. And I began looking her imagery and one of her paintings was identical to Boone in an, out in an open field. And I was like, wow, she can do this. And my publisher emailed her on a Saturday morning on Labor Day weekend. She wrote back Saturday afternoon. The agent wrote back on Sunday. And by Monday morning, she had said yes. Wow. So we're just, I'm beyond thrilled with, with both my illustrators. I love that. I love that process because I, I, I mean, I've, I've written one book, um, loved learning how to write, loved that whole experience, would love to write again. So I, 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 I for one, am, am just you know, soaking up the backstory here on, you know, being, being the author and, and, and just being on that journey. And it does seem like there's a lot of us adoptive and foster parents who do write, whether it's a devotional or uh, a children's book or, um, you know, our, our memoir. Um, I just feel like the Lord just puts those things in us. Um, and then he gives us a story, right? It's a testimony to his glory. So we get to write it. So it's, it's, it's pretty special when you're able to do that. So thank you for your faithfulness and, and for just walking that out because it's a gift to the rest of us. Um, so Cecil, um, just as we wrap up, I can't believe we're already, you know, down to the end here, but, um, you know, you are a foster dad an adoptive dad, um, would you share some words of encouragement for our listeners? Our listeners are primarily foster and adoptive parents, kinship parents, but, um, you know, we're all on this journey and it can be tough and we need some words of encouragement. So if you could send us off with something, um, that we can, you know, carry with us for some encouraging words, we'd appreciate that. Uh, absolutely. Um, I will, I want to say to you that you did not stumble into this. You did not fall into this. This did not accidentally happen to you. It may be the hardest days of your life, followed by some of the best days of your life, but it was ordained. You are living out your obedience to our Savior. You are the closest thing to Jesus. Our children will ever know this side of heaven. And truly, in my mind, the way that you love your children is the same type of sacrificial love that Jesus had for us. There are days that I feel like I have to die for my son, for him to get what he needs or for us to get through some of the harder days that we have. So I just want to say to every single one of you that you, whether you are, you may be walking slumped over and your head down, but in your spirit, I need you to stand up and look to heaven because you are living sacrificially the way that Jesus has called us to live. And I truly do not believe there is a greater calling than fostering and adopting. And I am proud to be part of this family with you and encourage you and just want you to know that how there will be many crowns in heaven for what you have done. And I know you are not doing it for the eternal reward, but you are doing the best thing you've ever done in your life. And I know you also find it rewarding. Oh, well, thank you. I know I personally need to hear those words and I appreciate that because it is, it's a hard, it's a, it's a good road, but it is a hard road. And I think keeping in perspective, the fact that we are called to this um, and God equips us for it. Um, and I love that we're the closest thing to Jesus that our kids will ever know. So 
um, you know, that's that's what we're here for. So, you know, and Sandra, that's all we have to do. We we may fail at teaching them math, you know, coming from an <laughs> English major. You know, we may we may sometimes say something we wish we had not said. We may show anger that we should not show. We're not perfect. But if you count up all of our failures and we only have the one success of them knowing that Jesus died for them. That's all that matters. That one success, all you have to do to go to bed at peace at night is know that you are teaching your child about Jesus. I love that. I love that. Cecil, thank you so much for sharing your story, for producing those books. I can't wait to get my hands on the next ones when they come out. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Sandra. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. Be sure to check out Cecil's beautiful children's book, I Love You to the Sun and Beyond. It will make a great Christmas gift, um, especially for adoptive and foster families. Um, you're going to want it on your bookshelf at home. It's beautiful. You can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, Walmart.com, Target.com, like, like Cecil said, and grab a copy. It really will be a beautiful gift. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You won't be disappointed with it. And I'm looking forward to the next ones that come out next year. Maybe we'll get to have Cecil back on and, and uh, hear about those, but, um, really, you're going to love it. Um, I also want to remind you to check out our website for our FASD resources. We have our Hope for the FASD Journey virtual support community um, and our Intro to FASD workshop uh, and other resources for adoptive, foster, and kinship caregivers, all available on our website, justicefororphansny.org. And if you are interested in that uh, FASD uh, Intro to FASD workshop, there is one coming up, an online webinar um, it's 90 minutes. It's on October 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So um, you're going to want to check out the website if you want to get in on that. Also, you can check out my book, uh, My Family's Kinship and Ukrainian Adoption Story. Uh, it recently won uh, a golden scroll for memoir of the year. Uh, the book is Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. You can also buy it um, wherever you get books. Uh, if you, you can pick it up on Amazon. If you do, please leave me a review after you read it. Those are like gold to authors. I'm sure Cecil would even appreciate that for his book. Um, and uh, if you would like a signed copy of my book, uh, you can go to my personal website, sandraflack.com, and I will mail you a signed copy of my book along with a free uh, gift bookmark that goes in there. Um, and also on my website, you can learn more about me, read my blog, and contact me for speaking opportunities. Um, and I'd also like to give a shout out to our business sponsors because Justice for Orphans is a faith-based nonprofit and we rely on donations and we have some businesses that do faithfully sew in to our ministry so we can do our care portal uh, ministry. So uh, a big thank you to Trinuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, National Bank of Kooksaki and Coleman Insurance Agency. These businesses care about kids and help us do what we do. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to let us know again by subscribing and let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know so that they can listen and be encouraged and equipped too. be sure to follow Justice for Orphans on both Facebook and Instagram. You can find me, Sandra Flack, in both of those places as well. 
I am grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today and thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.